0: Radio begins in three, two, one. I
1: don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know if there's a black and white answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
2: I don't know how. Give us some men who know the truth
1: and who will declare the truth. And who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp
2: and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation?
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Show opening number
2: one. Jimmy, you better read this thing and start doing what it says. Uh, Show opening... Not yet. Just wait. Oh, okay. Show opening. Wish you'd show up for rehearsal. Show opening number two. Jimmy, I have been reading an amazing book that I have found when put into practice, it really minimizes conflict. Would that be something you'd be interested in reading? Yes. This is Wretched Radio. To which proposal would you be more inclined to respond well? I think the answer is obvious. The latter being barked at, yelled at, demeaned, it might elicit a response from you to conform to the demands of the person who possibly has more authority than you do, but it ain't gonna move you from the heart. It's not gonna cause you to joyfully respond, yeah, I'm on that, let me do that. And yet, how many of us have a tendency to speak more like the former than the latter? Paul Tripp in his book, War of Words, is now going to help us. You may recall we established a theology of speaking that we are the only beings on the earth that get to do something God does. Speak, communicate, use words. It is a privilege and we always have a choice. Our words can either tear down or they can build up. I suppose that some words are just going to be neutral Would you please pass the salt? Probably isn't going to cause somebody to think, I need to read my Bible more. But overall, you can choose how you engage with other people, and it can either rip them to shreds, bring them down, or bring them up. We have this privilege and opportunity to actually make a difference in somebody else's life. The problem, of course, is our hearts are less interested in their lives than in our own. That's why we bark. That's why we get agitated. That, that's why we am ah, frustrated. I can't believe that you would do that. What, what's happening when your spouse likes to put the silverware into the dishwasher, facing down versus facing up the way that it should? How do you respond to that? If you've ever been agitated at those little picadillos, those non-sinful differences inside of your marriage, what is going on is your heart has an idol sitting on top of its throne, and the idol is self. This is how I put silverware in the dishwasher. Therefore, you need to do it the same way I do it. It is our hearts that determine our responses, and it is our hearts that determine our Words, perhaps. Uh, this chapter from Paul Tripp will help you to choose your words wisely. He writes As we prepare to speak, the storm of human emotion needs to be calmed by the rest and hope of worship. Jesus is there, He's at work, His grace is sufficient. Sin does not have to be in control. He's calling you strategically placing you there in his strength to do what you're probably not inclined to do. And that is speak words that actually cause people to go, that was nice, that was good, that actually blessed me. Truth that is not spoken in love ceases to be truth because it becomes distorted by human impatience, bitterness, and anger. This is one of God's spiritual metaphysical laws. When you speak snarky like when, when, you're, when you're sharp in tone with somebody, it's not going to land as well. Why? Because God designed our words to be uplifting, to build up, and to not tear down, to grow fruit, not thorns. So you can speak the truth. Jimmy, you need to read this book because it's going to do you some good. Okay. That's okay. I spoke the truth. It wasn't done in love. And if I violate that spiritual law, well, I'm dead letter. I'm not going to, I want my words to accomplish something. The question, of course, is what do I want them to accomplish? When I want it to accomplish something for me, they have a tendency to be a little bit caustic. But when I'm thinking about you, when I'm thinking about your desires and your needs, okay. The other night, we went to a a park. They were having an outdoor concert. It was free, which was actually, I think, about the right price, if I'm being honest. And there was there was a person there who had children who were just running around and screaming and making a lot of noise and making it difficult for the rest of us to enjoy what was happening at this free concert. And I will confess to you, it was agitating. Come on. Would you do this at a movie theater? Just let the kids scream and play tags so that the other people are disrupted. Why are you doing that here? And I wanted to, to, of course, begin the interaction by shooting her a look. Hey, hey, look, look at this face. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You going to get those kids? <laughs> then I thought about this dumb book by Paul trip And I thought, okay, well, that isn't going to really accomplish something godly. And so I had to sit and I, w- I had to wait through about three songs to kind of formulate, how could I possibly engage with this woman? Do I need to, first of all? And the answer is, no, I didn't. <clears throat> but a big chunk of my flesh really wanted to but I didn't want to be a snark. So I thought, how can I offer help? Well, that can come across poorly, too. You need some help parenting these children? That's not going to get what you are hoping for. So I thought, how's about this approach? Excuse me. Um, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Uh, you you may not like this idea, but just, you know, right over there where you can actually see them. The kids could could run around and play over there and 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 be out of earshot of everybody else. Okay, that that's that's what I went for. Apparently it wasn't delivered as lovingly as I thought it was delivered cuz she kind of fired back at me. Now, I have to confess, maybe that was not the best response. Maybe that wasn't the ideal way to present my thinking to another person. But it was better than my original intention. My original intention would have been more along the lines of, hey, Captain U-Planet, thinking everything just revolves around you. You know, people are here to hear it, which means they can hear your kids too. That was the original thought. Stop. Calm your heart. Calm your desire to get a pound of flesh, to get what you want. Uh, And and if I maybe had more time, and frankly, were better at this, I might have come up with a better way to interact with her, to somehow approach her to help her, not to just get what I need. How could I help this? Okay, something's off here. Something's not right in this situation. Is there anything I can do? Now, you can be the judge of how well I did it. She judged it wasn't done so well. The point of this anecdote is that we need to perhaps... Stop, slow down, and ask, is my heart ready to speak truth in love that will uplift the other and not just get what I want? Get ready. This is going to be a, a little bit painful from Paul Tripp. Listen to the talk that goes on in your home. How much of it is impatient and unkind? How often are words spoken out of selfishness, personal desire? How easily do outbursts of anger occur? How often do you bring up past wrongs, fail to communicate hope, fail to protect? How often do our words carry threats that we've had it and are about to throw in the towel? Stop and listen, and you will see how much we need to hold our talk to the standard of love and how often the truth we profess to speak has been distorted by our sin. This is a hard pill to swallow, Mom and Dad, because you do work hard and your children do owe you honor. And it is agitating when they're naughty. But we need to recognize that our words, perhaps, have not helped them to behave better, to love us more, to honor us. One of the most significant yet neglected biblical character's qualities is self-control and communication. So much of our trouble, would would be eliminated if we could just like zip it words are spoken that it should never have been uttered at the wrong time wrong place wrong emotions words are spoken when silence would have been a more godly loving choice driven by personal desire and demand for self-satisfaction than the purposes of God or the needs of others the problem for us a lot of times is a lack of self-control, what do we do with this? Might I just challenge us, all of us, to be more mindful of this little thing in our mouth that can set a forest ablaze, that actually has the ability to have our kids go, my mom and dad rock. Not, not Not that they rock because, yeah, they let me drink, and, and use the good spoons for preparing the heroin. They're cool parents. No, but because they know that you're loving and that you are for them. And maybe, just maybe, if we all exercised a little bit more self-control, then maybe, just maybe, Jimmy would be a more godly communicator. Hi-oh, this is Wretched Radio. Like the... them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25 you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org Bible wretched.org Bible to join the Masters Academy International.
3: Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face-to-face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. Now, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenge We all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you and it will empower you to help others too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened.
2: Ah. Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more tomorrow clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at TomorrowClubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched.
0: Important dates in Christian history. 1206. Francis of Assisi renounces wealth and goes on to lead a band of poor friars preaching the simple life. The 13th century saw the rise of a number of monastic orders dedicated to simple living and social engagement. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Here's a word that's going to make you shudder. This is Wretched Radio. The word is moderate. (laughs) conservative Christians. We are not fond of that word and usually rightly so. But there is a presidential candidate. uh, I've never heard of the fellow. His name is Russell Cohen. He calls himself a moderate independent. Somehow he was able to put an article onto the Christian Post titled The Importance of Moderate Politics in a Divided Age. And he's going to try to make the case that Christians should moderate their political positions. And he's going to use Jesus to make that case. Let's see if he can. But before we examine this fellow's attempt to try to get Christians to moderate, I think we need a little bit of a backdrop here. First of all, I think we can agree as Christians in the political realm, there are some issues on which we can moderate our positions. What are those issues? Government spending, programs, traffic issues, even taxation. There can be a debate on taxation. Now, I think the Bible is not fond of our current system. I think it's closer to a flat tax. Everybody pays the same, because you know that's actually fair. Nevertheless, there are certain issues that we can say, all right, we can compromise on this. You, you want the city to spend this much money. Somebody wants the city to spend that much money on the new band shell. Okay, you can you can moderate and compromise. But There's another category of issues that do not permit any sort of moderation, and those are sin issues. Those are morality issues. Let me take you as a backdrop to an examination of Russell Cohn's encouragement to moderate our positions to a different Christian Post article. It's titled, Five Things You Should Know About Human Trafficking, Sound of Freedom, already made over $40 million, Jim Caviezel's movie about sex trafficking. By the way, Jimmy, this is exciting. Jim Caviezel, Uh he's going to be, apparently, Mel Gibson said he's going to return for The Passion of the Christ 2. This is going to be a focus on the three days between his death and resurrection. You know, because the Bible just provides so much detail to turn that into a two-hour movie. (laughs) So, So I was curious, though. I actually Googled Jim Caviezel, uh-huh, who's Roman Catholic like Mel Gibson. He's 54. Okay. Okay, Jesus was probably 33. Right. I'm just wondering how that math works out exactly. <laughs> what sort of AI are they going to use to fix up Jim Caviesel? By the way, speaking of AI, have you heard that there are people who want to use AI for Bible translations? This is kind of interesting. This is a bit of a conundrum. And yes, we're digressing, but hey, as if you have a long attention span either. The AI machine apparently can take these languages in which the Bible is not translated and give it a go because there's over like 4,000 languages, but only about 700 Bible translations in those languages. In other words, got a lot of work to do. And there's a part of the whole AI business that causes me to go, hold on. Uh, That just makes me kind of nervous because there is a human element to interpretation. You can learn a language by studying conjugations and declensions, but that doesn't mean you know the language and you can communicate the original author's intended meaning. That takes a human component, which is why AI ain't freaking me out. It's just just no, it's, it's, It should always be a tool for us. And if it can somehow help us translate the Bible into some of these languages quicker so people can have the word of God, I say, OK, it's not going to it's not going to get all the languages accomplished because it uses the Internet. And if there's a language that isn't on the Internet very much, it's not going to know what to do. So, I'm not panicking about AI, but I say if we can use it as a servant and as a tool uh, then let's then let's let it be used to get the word into people's ears where they can understand it AI probably going to be used to take care of Jim Caviezel, who's going to be in the Passion of the Christ too, who's currently in a movie, apparently as a fifty four year old called the Sound of Freedom mm-hmm. ha. You didn't think I was going to get back on track, did you, Jimmy? Came all the way around.
3: Admit it. Just go ahead and admit it. I had no faith in you, Todd.
2: There's a reason that movie is garnering attention. It is a big issue. When I was in the airport in Atlanta, the announcement came on the, the loudspeaker over and over again. The Atlanta International Airport. And that's kind of how the person talked. The Atlanta International Airport takes sex trafficking very seriously. If you see something, report it. Why? Because it's a big deal. And apparently the Atlanta Airport is a big of a hub, bit of a hub. And this movie, which, by the way, it beat out Indiana Jones. No way. Oh, $40 so far for the sound of freedom. That's got to hurt. Harrison Ford's pride just a wee little bit. Sex trafficking is a big deal, and you should know these statistics. And I share this as a backdrop. To use one issue to consider, should we become moderates on sex trafficking? Should we compromise? Does that even sound right to you? Hey, sex trafficking, I believe it's really bad, but I'm a moderate, so let's just have some sex trafficking. Uh, That's that's why this presidential candidate's plea to become moderates, uh, first of all, too wide, not defined, and it's not going to happen for biblical Christians. Some stats on human trafficking. 28 million individuals are trafficked globally at any given time. It's a big problem. $150 billion in revenue a year, making it the most lucrative crime after drug trafficking but only a few are actually punished for their crimes. Interesting stat, over half of the people in the sex trade come from the foster care system. Uh, we got to do better than the foster care system. I know there's some, you, you might be one of them. There's good Christians in it. We got to do better. Porn creates a demand for sex trafficking, including child sex trafficking cool and because porn it lies to you mister you don't think you'll ever be a sex trafficker keep watching porn and then you're gonna wake up one day and go what happened here porn lies and it is a gateway drug to really nasty business u.s border policy is enabling human traffickers 70 percent of all human trafficking u.s immigrants mostly from the southern border It's a big problem. Mr. Cohen, should I moderate my position on sex trafficking? Here's what he wrote. In a world that needs a godly example, moderates are usually more consistent with the social ideas that Jesus set. All right, I'm game. One, loving others as thyself. You're right. That's why I'm going to moderate my position on sex trafficking because I don't want to make the sex traffickers feel unloved. Number two, helping one another. I'm going to moderate my position on sex trafficking to help people make even more money in sex trafficking, because that's loving. Number three, compromise over winning. Well, I guess if it's just a few million little girls, I don't got to win on sex trafficking. Number four, Selflessness. In in other words, not insisting on your own way. I'm a giver. Go ahead, sex trafficker. Traffic on. Five, being kind. To whom? Maybe to the sex trafficker, but not to the sex trafficked. Number six, treating all fairly. All righty then you know what? I don't think there should be any punishments for sex traffickers. You know, that's fair. They need to have a shot because, hey, we don't arrest you for sex trafficking. Why would we arrest a sex trafficker for sex trafficking? That wouldn't be fair. This is utter nonsense. And this is this is simply not how the Bible is to be applied. We are indeed living in a time when we really need to consider speaking truth in love. That is why Paul Tripp's book is so helpful in that regard. I do need to think about how I use my words. But there's also a time when I can still speak truth and love forcefully, just use sex trafficking. Hey, you're an amazing sex trafficker. You're just Mm, your skill set is so amazing. Maybe just think. I don't know. Maybe just some of those kids might not want to be used that way. Just something. Just noodle it. Just think about it. That that doesn't that doesn't sound like you're speaking truth at all. In an effort to try to be loving, there are issues, and there's a lot of them these days. An increasing number these days that demand that we speak not in a moderated tone, but forcefully, sex trafficking is evil. It's from the pit, and those who participate in it, they better repent, or they are going to face a furious God on Judgment Day. That goes with the life issue, that goes with the LGBT stuff, and that goes with marriage. Christians speak truth in love. That is certain. Moderating, Mm mm-mm. This is Wretched Radio.
0: Books of the Bible The book of Daniel is about one man who submits to God above all else and God's faithfulness to his people in all circumstances. Daniel's prophetic visions teach us that God raises up and tears down kingdoms. All earthly kingdoms will pass away. But God will establish an everlasting kingdom. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You
2: want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the
0: truth. Order in the court.
2: This is Wretched Radio. Prepare to play one of America's fastest growing game sensations. How is this guy's tone? That's right. Ooh, this is a popular brand. How is this guy? Is that what I said? How how, did this guy sound nice and and loving and truthful simultaneously? I don't know who the fellow is, but he went to a school board meeting to talk to the school board. Jimmy, as always, you're going to represent the tens and tens of people listening to this here, Wretched Radio program to determine, is this guy speaking truth and love? I don't know if he's a Christian or not. Let's just hear how this guy rather forcefully without moderating his position, spoke to the school board. Jimmy, uh-huh. I have a little bit of a confession to make. What is it? Well, I'm not sure this is actually going to work for the premise of you being the judge. Why? Because I, well, I, I just wanted to hear this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good. Several weeks ago,
1: in a vote to allow trans students to use whatever bathroom they wish, You assured us that these policies were perfectly safe, as neither yourself nor law enforcement could provide a single example of any trans student assaulting any girl in any bathroom, in any school, in any state, anywhere in all, in fact. But not to worry, since you could locate them, I took the trouble, too. See, Loudoun (laughs) County, Virginia, where last year, under district policy, A trans student was allowed into the women's bathroom where he assaulted a girl. To cover it up, they moved him to another school where he did it again. Jimmy, how do you think he's doing? So far, so good. I think so. Yeah, See Irvine, California last month where a trans student entered the women's locker room and flashed the girls there. When they confronted him, he mercilessly beat them. This happened again in Gwinnett County, Georgia. This happened again in Oklahoma City. This happened again in Ohio where a trans man was allowed to use the locker room where he was arrested for flashing little girls. The judge dropped the charges after he ruled that this man was too fat for them to see anything.
2: Jimmy? Uh Uh-huh? Yeah, I'm just thinking moderating our position. (laughs) Not a chance. Nope. And I think this dude is rocking it. Although, I have to confess, as a fellow, I don't want to brag or nothing, but... I do have the spiritual gift of sarcasm. I, I think there's a little bit of a, a tone to this. <laughs> That's a, perhaps just a little on the condescending side. Can't actually blame him, though. Last month
1: in this city, a man using they them pronouns in a scene straight out of Silence of the Lambs hunted down and killed yeah. a female jogger because he, quote, wanted to look just like her. And before you say that these are anecdotal evidence, just note that in a survey of trans inmates in federal prisons, half were convicted of sexual assault and 90% were convicted of violent crimes well above the general prison population. Now, it should also be noted that in each of these cases, Each of these perpetrators had either changed their pronouns, had undergone transition, or had received gender-affirming therapy and accommodations thereof. Why is this important to note? Probably for the same reason we recognize as a society that you do not affirm that people with anorexia can be healthy in any way. You do not affirm that somebody with schizophrenia is hearing voices, and you do not affirm that somebody in a manic episode is having great ideas. Because when you leave somebody to languish in their false mental state, i.e., men who think they are women, they will inevitably lash out and harm themselves and those around them.
2: Now, I don't know that you can say 100% do that, but I'm reminded of a subject that keeps rattling around in my noggin, and that is the issue of anthropology. How is it that as a society, we walk by homeless people and say, they are just expressing their inner selves. And I'm not going to impose my values on them. Maybe they want to be homeless. That is a society with a low anthropology. Why are more and more states allowing people to get stoned to low anthropology? And a recognition that there are some people that actually need help in not making bad decisions. And I think the same thing is true with the transgenderism. Now, a lot of this, really does flow out of the postmodern mindset and the uh, the priority of the autonomous self that the highest crime you can commit is keeping somebody from being the way that they feel they should be or doing what they want to do and act the way that they want to act you can't do that that's a low anthropology and one of the reasons that we can't do it anymore is because there's no agreeable standard by which we can make some of these assessments nevertheless It isn't kind to let somebody persist in their delusion. It's it's not nice. You you see somebody who's most likely got an eating disorder. Well, she just... She just wants to be skinny. Who am I to judge? Well, how's about she's endangering herself? And how's about it's not good? And how's about she's not able to really enjoy God's gifts of abundance and his open hand? How loving is it to just ignore it? And the answer is it's not. And the reason that so many do is because they have a very low anthropology. Hurt people hurt other people. But
1: I don't want to pretend and have the hubris to think that I'm going to be the one to change your mind. I'm happy to share any and all of these examples with you. But you will most likely leave here tonight believing that men can become women, affirming care works, and that you made the right vote but you will no longer be able to look into the eyes of your constituents and honestly say that you are unaware of the assaults that inevitably take place when we declare to women you have no right to privacy.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jimmy. I'm telling now that tone at the end, it got hot. Do you think that he crossed the line of speaking truth and love? I don't think so. I don't either. I think he was pretty helpful. But, but what are we dealing with here? That's the point. What are we talking about here? We're not talking about whether or not Monsanto's should have a fertilizer that keeps watermelons from growing seeds. Okay, that seedless watermelon, non-seedless, non-seedless is better, but that isn't the point. That okay, that's nothing that we can, we should just. We should probably have a persistently soft tone on our watermelon seed preferences. We're talking about girls being exposed to boys, women being exposed to men, women being hurt by men. There is a time to speak up and say it forcefully because that is loving sometimes. Now, I grant you it. It can be a little tricky. I grant that tone sometimes is a subjective affair, but I don't think that it's loving to say something that is hurting people in such a tender tone. School board, maybe, you know, going forward, that love you guys. You know, taking down the urinals so that boys and girls just share the same bad which by the way, that was a story. I don't know if you saw that. I think was it in a I don't know. I don't know what state it was in. They're starting to take the urinals out of the boys' bathrooms. Really? I mean, what? what, It doesn't even make sense to me. But, you know, if you want boys and girls to be going to the potty together, I I suppose it's possible something bad might come for Just, Just food for thought. That's wrong. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is in protection of people. We can use our words to defend. The heart should be motivated by love, but sometimes that love needs, most of the time in contexts like this, the love needs to be aimed at the victim, not the perpetrator. We've gotta be loving them, and that means defending them. If you are going to, you're walking down the street, and a dear little old lady is getting beat up by some thugs, would you just get in there and just go, boop, just kind of, hey, boys, and just give them a little, little push. Just, a hey, put up your hand. Now you jump in, you get on it, and you protect her, and that would be right. And it, it might even mean, might even mean in protecting that woman, you actually have to harm them to stop it. So let's be careful with our words. We always, always, always should be speaking in a context of love. And when we are dealing with loved ones, when we are dealing with sanctification issues, overall, we just want to be helpful and God glorifying and lifting up and producing good fruit. But to say that we should never speak forcefully I I don't think is Christian either. I I it's really hard for me to imagine Jesus saying, <laughs> for, for the vipers, you nuts, you <laughs> sons of hell. Probably not. And there are times when we need to speak forcefully also. And I will say this: we probably need each other's help. And because my forceful can turn very Easily into sounding really hateful, and I don't want that either. And because we don't judge ourselves really well in the war of words, maybe just maybe we could help one another to speak rightly like Jesus always did. This is Wretched Radio. We can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please, do your research. Visit medashare slash wretched, medashare slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at eight four four three four bible, eight four four three four bible, eight four four three four bible.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, we've noticed that some of you have dipped your toes into the gospel partner pool, but have you prettily considered joining us full-time in this wild gospel-centered adventure? As Paul said in Philippians four one, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, whom I long to see my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Let's be honest, what's better than standing firm together, reaching millions all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? And we're not asking you to sell all your possessions and join a commune or anything like that. Remember, 83 Three percent of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry so you can rest assured knowing we're not spending your hard-earned money on private jets or fancy gold-plated iPhones. As a 501c3 ministry, we exist to preach the gospel, equip others to do the same, and strengthen the local church. And so would you prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner? Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel.
2: Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched
0: mexican pneumatology is a study of the holy spirit scripture reveals that the holy spirit is a person not a force or manifestation and he is god the third member of the trinity His work is not to provide emotional highs or show up in glory clouds or gold dust. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bear witness to the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Let's play Name That Verse, shall we? This is Wretched Radio. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's running for the office of President of the United States, recently sitting at a town hall meeting things got a little bit volatile. A woman was not pleased with what he was saying. I think it had to do with the life issue. It may have to do with transgender issues. And she wanted her voice to be heard. And I think his response is helpful. How do you diffuse a contentious situation? Well, the Bible has a verse that tells us how to do that. Can you Name that verse. Gender transition. Today, we're done teaching our troops.
1: Protect all women. Protect our women. Protect our women. Protect I women. Protect our women. that our women. Protect our
0: women. Protect our women. Protect our
2: Okay. Okay. Now, I wouldn't be shocked. If there were a conservative commentator somewhere who did a YouTube video on this woman who uh, would be perhaps um, belittled, mocked, rude, trying to speak over the speaker, all emotional. While those things may be true, this is clearly a woman who's upset and she's she's throwing down the gloves. How do we respond to these types of potentially or even downright volatile situations? Let's keep eavesdropping. Okay, somebody was trying to shout her down, and Vivek said, let her speak, let her speak. That's a good word. All right, if you can't quite make out what she's saying, it's protect women, protect women. Okay. Now, he could take the opportunity, and I think initially he was going to go down this track of saying, yeah, that's why we need to make sure that girls do not get transgender surgeries. Could have done that. He played it a little differently, and I think it's instructive. <laughs> Did she just call him a toxic man? I think that's what she said. Sure, okay. All right. She's really upset about something. I want
1: to give her a chance to
2: speak. What? You can, you
1: can say something to me.
2: It's- He's actually calling her back in to give her a chance to say something. Okay.
1: Come on. Come on now. It's okay. This is my evening. Come on, up. it's okay. You can ask me a question.
2: And then I will answer. Do you don't ask me a question? She's crying. Yes. You can do that. Wiping her tears away.
1: If somebody non-consensually
2: rapes me on not having their child, this is my choice with my body. Uh-oh. I think we just discovered why this woman is so upset. She's talking about a subject that I think we are wise to uh, to grasp, and maybe this lady will help us do that. If you're ever in a pro-life conversation, talking about what is inside of the woman's womb, uh, to try to defend an innocent human being's life from being taken. And by the way, did I just see, Jimmy, that there's now a pill, an over-the-counter birth control pill? Cool! (sighs) What a nation with a low anthropology. Inevitably, somebody will say, well, what about the woman who was raped? And we might, might respond with a very accurate statement. It doesn't change the issue about what is in the woman's womb. It is still a baby, and we have no right to take the life of an innocent human being. Okay, that's right. But do you hear this woman? Do you hear? She's going to reveal. uh, She's actually experienced that. And that means when we respond to somebody who's asking that question, I think we do well to remember this woman and how horrible of a situation that is for a woman. I didn't say that we change our position. I'm just saying it should inform our response.
1: i are not having their child. This is my choice my body. I'm already raising a kid that somebody implanted in me and doesn't take care of. The system does nothing for the single mother.
2: Okay. That's hurt, after wound, after scar. She's upset. How do you turn away this sort of wrath? That was a hint.
1: There's no child support and nobody goes after them. I've been raising a child by myself for eight years. My name is Caleb Crest. And are you a mother? I am a mother. Okay, thank you. And my kid is successful, and I don't want to be frowned upon. I don't want to be put down because I'm a single mother. My kid is healthy, happy, and successful. Thank you, Kayla. And I want to say, you do one of the most important things: is a mother raising more children in this world. Even if we have our disagreements, I want to say thank you for that. So thank you. And part of what it means to live in this country is we have free speech. We get to speak our minds openly, even if we all don't agree on it. So let's actually applaud our for the courage coming
2: through. Name that verse, Jimmy. Does anything come to mind for you? Uh, Proverbs 15.1. No, you Googled already, didn't you? <laughs> oh no, not me. <laughs> uh well of course, while I know Proverbs fifteen one, why don't you tell the tens and tens of people listening?
3: Uh a soft word a kind turns, wo- away, wrath. turns away wrath. That's but a it. Harsh word stirs up anger.
2: That's it. That's it. Uh, if, if somebody's raising the volume to seven, don't raise yours to eight. When somebody is 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 turning up the heat to hundred and ten, don't go to hundred and twenty. The Bible instructs us when you've got somebody who's mad and who's agitated and in this instance, upset, it is usually the best practice to to submit to Proverbs 15.1. Gentle answer. And I think Vivek Ramaswamy, who, you know, there's a part of me that wants that fellow to do well because everything I've heard him say is pretty good. There's a part of me for very... Childish and selfish reason says, "I wish he would." I kind of Ramaswamy is kind of a a tongue twister there. By the way, just so you know, coming up, one of the things that we are working on behind the scenes here. That's right. Occasionally, we do work behind the scenes. We want to talk about all of the different Republican nominees, all of them and what their view is on life. And now the latest issue of course is marriage and the most recent issue would be the transgender issue, the LGBTQ stuff. We're gonna do a rundown on each of them. You say, why just Republicans? Mm -hmm. Because I haven't seen a pro-life Democrat yet. And therefore I have no interest. I have zero interest. You say, well, what about Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? That dude is like, he's nailing it with so many of these issues. He's pointed out, man, calling a spade a spade. Yeah, and he's a pro abort. I'm not interested. And I'm slow to even say, hey, he's saying some good things. Why? Because I don't want to contribute to his evil worldview. You say, but he's kind of like one of us. No, he's not. He's a pro abort. That's, that is, that, I'm sorry. I know that there are some evangelicals that blanch at this. Yes, it's a litmus test issue. And these days, it's not the only one. We had a lot of assumptions in the past that didn't require defining. But now we need to understand, well, where are you at with mutilating children? Because our president wants an eight-year-old boy to become a girl and have medical professionals try to deceive him into thinking that's what's happened. Uh, We got to know. And those are litmus test issues, too it would okay regarding the 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 transgender stuff now please listen to this carefully if if you happen to be liberal i'm not saying that you are this but i am saying that if if somebody tried to moderate or explain away another action that harmed somebody whether it's murder or rape, and I'm not not making the two two sins the same thing, but you would go, no, that's just, that's that's got to stop. And anybody who adheres to a worldview that says rape and murder are good, I want no part of that. All right, I I think that's how we need to see a politician who is willing to mutilate an eight-year-old child. I don't want any part of that. And even if RFK Jr., he's nailing it on some of these other issues, some, some of the corporate issues and the collusion and the kleptocracy that is growing stronger every day. Not interested. Why? Because he doesn't pass the litmus tests that evangelicals must have. Life is one of them. Marriage is the other. Transgender is the next one, and and the LGBTQ panoply needs to needs to be understood. And and I'll say this. And I'm I, I I know that somebody is is unfortunately going to get upset, but at this point in the primaries, we should be looking at all of these candidates. I haven't looked at all of them closely enough. I'm not making a recommendation. I'm not suggesting this is who you should vote for. But I am saying that in the primary, we do have the opportunity to look for the man or woman that is most in alignment with biblical ideals. No, there's going to be different Christians coming up with different conclusions. That's cool. But what I'm saying is, this is the time to examine these issues deeply to see where they stand. Because even if somebody who is in the primaries looking like a winning candidate doesn't align with these Christian values, now would be the time to have our voices heard. When it comes to the general election, you plug your nose and you vote for the least of two evils. And until tomorrow... Go serve your king.